You're like a chameleon. I've got you in short hair. I've got you with long hair. What's it going to be, Al? It's it's uh, midway. It's a ponytail right now. In your headshot, you you have short hair. So is it, is it tied back for the for the headshot or is it? Oh no! In the in the in the headshot, it's a um, yeah. It was a, it's just an old shot. It's pre-COVID. I you know I've I've had a new photo shoot, but we haven't picked the new photos to go out yet but i'm totally committed to um 80s metal hair at this point yeah that that's what it is it's absolutely yeah. and now when you're on stage is it do you wear it out like that um it, sometimes it depends on if i if how physical i'm planning you know what i mean it's yeah. uh I'm not yeah um right now yes um there might be a point where i go like half and half where i you know do the upper the upper part and leave the bottom to hang you know kind of um near mullet you know, do you have a favorite '80s band that you love? Because we're the same age, so I think we could we could oh. park on one of many uh, outrageous Strict, moments. Strictly '80s, or or bands that kind of you know came into their own. Because I'm a, like I'm a huge Kiss fan, so I, I but I also love the makeup and non makeup years '70s right. to '80s, and then back again. Um, I mean, I'm I had the pleasure of singing on stage with Kip Winger on the Monsters of Rock cruise just about a week ago how about that, that? awesome yeah oh my gosh um, you know he he gets a lot of grief but i i've always loved his music and he's a dude, he's a, a, a virtuoso too by the yes, way yes i'm actually gonna go down and see his he's debuting a symphony at the nashville symphony orchestra that he wrote um in a couple of weeks i'm actually gonna fly down and and see the debut of it which is really exciting and he's a i mean i've always had a theory that winger is a prog rock band uh, masquerading as hair metal because if you listen to the time signatures and and the uh, you know the song structure, it's incredibly complicated. It's not. It's much closer to like Russian Dream Theater than it is to Rat or or you know for I guess for that all practical purposes like White Lion or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah, it's way more complicated. Try playing. Um, 17 on guitar in time to try it. I, I lay that challenge to anyone. Try uh, it. I know very yeah. little about music. I know time yeah. signatures, four, four, three, four, two, four. So, and I know that yeah. like John, John Bonham would play in two different times. Sometimes totally remarkable. Oh, they drop a five, six on a turnaround or something. Just make a, a one beat totally disappear in a turnaround, which if you try to count the song out as you're doing it, Long, there's a stuff. Oh, wait, you're off by one now. Right. That's 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 how they used to trick you. Rush is well known for like using multiple time signatures and switching styles, even going to reggae and then back into you know, uh, like four, four, or three, four time, um, and six, eight, and whatnot. And and Winger, the band, does the same thing, they wow. do that stuff all the time, and it's really complicated. As musicians, they're amazing. So, and these guys are all in Alice Cooper's band, the original three members of Winger. They're oh, okay. all, you know, Alice Cooper's band and effectively started writing their own songs, largely because touring with Alice, they were, it was not work. It was so easy because his music is pretty, pretty on the nose musically. Sure. So, yeah. So they wrote a, they wrote the entire Winger album, I think, in a hotel room on tour because they were just kind of like, a, oh, you got some time. Let's write some stuff in like nine different sure. time signatures that actually hit slaps, you know? So anyways, yeah, so I would go, I go winger white lion, the white lion pride album. I have so much sort of associated positive memories with, um, 
And, you know, and in the non-rock world, I would say, you know, Peter Gabriel and Genesis, you know, the, I, I know some fans consider that a permanent fight, but I never considered them close. Cause I can't, I like the band starting in the eighties. Sure. Before that, I had no interest. So from the yellow album on, um, you know, that was Genesis to me and the, you know, Peter Gabriel's so, and, and, uh, right on. and the light was, yeah. No, that yeah. that's, that's really cool. Um, and that, you know, like when I see stories about like when Eddie Vedder and Motley Crue are fighting, I don't like that. Cause I like both those groups. Sure. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, uh, ironically enough, like Pearl Jam is not grunge. They, they came up in the grunge era, but let's be completely honest. Pearl Jam's first record, uh, 10, it is mixed like Pink Floyd. It is one of the most pristine, expensive sounding records you will ever hear. Listen to it again. It does not sound like, because the only grunge band that was genuinely out at that time would be Soundgarden. That's where somebody just over-modulated uh, the amps on a microphone. Everybody else was just making pop metal and pop rock. Even Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains is a, is a Sabbath-style hard rock band. And if you listen to the sonic quality of it, it doesn't sound like there's nothing grungy about it. It just doesn't, it's not a hard cut in the style of sure. guitar playing. But, but I, you know, I would consider those two different styles of music that, that not, it wouldn't necessarily overlap. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. And, it, you know, Eddie's a, Eddie's a funky dude. He lives in Seattle still drives a murdered out, uh, uh Volvo station wagon. That's his car. <laughs> he lives down the street from a, uh, an old agent of mine who retired up there and he sees them, you know, him all the time at the same ice cream shop and that kind of stuff. It's just not that world and criticizing the world of hair metal or, or metal in general. If you're not in that world is kind of bad form in and of itself. It's, okay. it's a form of musical snobbery. Because it's 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 a little bit like slamming on NASCAR or or those kind of things. Like if you don't go or enjoy it or know it at all, it's 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 snobbish. Fair enough. And that's that. Yeah, that was my that was my problem with Eddie Diggin. He's like, oh, those bands didn't mean anything. I'm like, well, all their you know most of their lead singers are still alive. And if they died, it was out of pleasure. It wasn't because they <laughs> did themselves in. So as far as posit tracks go, when you choose a music style, you're better off for longevity choosing eighties hair metal than you are nineties grunge. Yeah. Kind of grunge. part of me, the showbiz size, uh, uh, showbiz yeah. side wants them to tour together. I mean, it, it's, it'd be so weird, right. you know, right. I mean, you know, that would be uh uh, I, I think, I think yeah, one of the most think, fun, oops, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think Soundgarden and, and, and the hair metal bands could tour in the same way that, you know, some kind of like, look at the, look at mid eighties, Ozzy. Ozzy was a crisscross of black Sabbath, you know, his period with back black Sabbath and the Jakey Lee hard rock guitar playing that really made, you know, that sure. might that was right up there with anything that any of the quote unquote that rat and all those guys were putting out at the time style wise. And it fits very nicely. It works bark at the moon and, and uh, you know, shot in the dark, those kind of songs. That's very eighties. And yet it still does. It doesn't cut against what he did in the seventies. It fits very nicely. So you're absolutely right. I think they absolutely could do it. Um, they won't though, because you know what, because Pearl jam is, they're trying to be the new fish. <laughs> who, and Fish was trying to be the new Grateful Dead. You know, you get, yeah. they've got a career path, which is get all the like the the ayahuasca stoners 
to follow them city <laughs> to city, right? You know, it, it's it's this. It, you know, you can make fun of Kiss fans, but that's the Fish, Pearl Jam, Grateful Dead stuff. That's straight up cult. Right. That's like we're like the Manson family. We're just too lazy to kill. Sure, it's sure. The same mentality. Hell, have uh, we've got you in town for a long time? My gosh, yeah. like a Wednesday to Saturday in West Michigan, I know. Los Angeles to uh, to the cloudy uh, uh, middle market joy of uh, the various uh, uh, full house comedy venues. Holland, right. Michigan, on Wednesday night at the Park Theater, which is a great right. old joint, great old room. Uh, yeah. The the uh, listening room is a brand new place in Grand Rapids. You're gonna I'm love excited. that. Have you ever been to West Michigan, Hal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like you know. I've been coming to Grand Rapids the entire time when there was basically one comedy club in town and it was a death trap in it. You're familiar uh, with the, you know, three bars comedy club at the top yep. and staircases all the way down. So basically right. drink your way up the stairs and, and well, it's funny you say down. that because some that has happened where people were at the I top know. and fell down the thing. <laughs> you know how I found that out? The very first time I performed there, I made it an obvious observational joke to me that that seems like a dangerous concept. And and I was unaware that somebody had, you know, landed on their neck, you know, or whatever, two weeks prior. Right. And then it was like, oh, and I was like, and then somebody later was like, that really happened. I'm like, of course it really happened. You moron. That's what I was trying to tell you about. This is the, this is a terrible idea. This is, you know, yeah. now, um, no. funny because that building is now closed. Um, yes. Like, like a month ago. So, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately was it the one to survive COVID? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Of all the places, yeah. like you couldn't even separate the bars in it because they were all connected by floors. It was like the anti-social distancing place, which means of course that it will open again triumphantly in a couple of years yes. after, yes. A, a, after the current unpleasantness. And turn it back into the uh, the, the minor uh, VD cesspool that I'm sure it was, followed by you know uh, right alcoholic on. accidents and right slippery on. floors. Yeah, I, the dream is the dream will survive. <laughs> Hal, I spent a good portion of my show today talking about the uh, State of the Union. I don't know if you were traveling, but did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, I watched it absolutely. Yeah, okay. and then I yeah caught a plane afterwards. I uh, I kind of want. Um, Kamala Harris to stand up and just walk and she probably shocked the shit out of Joe Biden and just say, let me do it. Can, would, can I do it? I mean, seriously, because I, yeah. I have this, I have this suspicion that, that she is, and, and I'm actually okay with that. I don't care, but I, I feel bad because I feel like he should be like relaxing or something like that. I, I, I get the impression that he's well, there's, super you know, tired. There are, to me, it's like, uh, it, it's like the guy who does the job and who can sell the job. And that we've had a lot of guys who can sell the job. We've had very few guys lately who can do the job. And in, the, in George W. Bush, for example, like it was so obvious that Cheney was driving the bus. And yet he was he was a young enough guy where you're like, he's the guy I want to have a, a beer with. He talked as just as much garbage, but he was had he did not have age and a lifelong stutter as an excuse. Correct. Biden, on the other hand, has been around long enough. And I love the fact that, you know, like he brought up the fund, the police thing. This is they were going to run against him and Kamala Harris as being too hard on crime. If you'll recall, when the primary yes. started happening and it looked like they were the top, the, the Trump campaign was like, aha, that's 
we're going to run on there. You know, they're going to try it. Everybody screaming, defund the police on their side and we'll subvert them with their own voters by bringing up the crime bill. And and literally like Biden takes office and is like, can we take a look at that crime bill thing you wrote again? Because that actually might be kind of sweet right now. <laughs> you know, so the, uh, Biden is, I think, the guy who can do the job, even if he doesn't sell okay. the job. And, and Robert Gates, everybody used that Robert Gates thing about Biden's been on the wrong side of every decision. You know, whatever. Well, Robert Gates is on the side of stay in Afghanistan for another decade. Robert Gates, if he says that about you, you're doing something right. And, and you know, Biden was the one who was like, don't do the surge, get out. They're, we're not fixing this. This is not, the Afghan government is not going to stand on its own. Which and they're, and, and Trump ran on, if you'll recall, getting us out of Afghanistan. I know more about the ISIS than the generals. I know this, right? He ran on it. I'm going to get us out of Afghanistan. Obama's been promising it for eight years. And, and Biden was telling Obama the entire time, like, the generals are going to tell you five more months every five months. Just stop it. It's not, it'll suck, but just move on. And what happened was he got into office and he was like, but the general started telling him the same thing they told Trump, which kept us in all four years. What changed? What changed in Afghanistan in the four years Trump was president? What stabilized? What what great advance did the Afghan government make that made it viable at all? Day one to today to, to his last day in office. Nothing. So essentially, Nothing. essentially, it didn't matter when it happened. What happened had to happen. Yes. Yes, there was no way it wasn't going to be ugly. That's why nobody did it. Everybody was being told, look, if we leave, it's going to collapse. They know it. The Afghan government is not going to stand on its own. The minute we announce we're leaving, they're going to head for the door. It's just going to be terrible. And Biden came in and went, yeah, I know. That's what you guys have been telling us for eight years. No, I'm leaving. And, and he did. And, and the crush at the airport is Trump's fault. I'm just going to say it. The crush at the airport is Trump's fault, 100%, because he did none of the work getting the embassy staff out. He did none of the work getting the SIV people out. Yeah, none of the families. Nope, none of them. He wouldn't it have been a good idea to put it off a month and prepare all this? No, you couldn't. They did. They pushed it three months. That's all the Taliban was going to give them. And and that point on, they, they were going to start shooting soldiers again. They were That broke the deal. We broke Trump's deal, which he did none of the homework on. He did none of it. He set a date, remember, in May. End of May, we're out. And he did none of the extraction work. He didn't set us up for anybody to leave. He didn't get any of the embassy staff out. He didn't get, and he could have, it was COVID. He could have used COVID as an excuse to get everyone out. Sorry, we can't, our contractors can't even train you guys because we can't be near you. So bye. We could have gotten everyone out in 2020. So Hal, what does it, what does it feel like to be talking to a guy who mm -hmm. voted for Trump and has since turned on him? Well, uh, uh, everyone wakes up eventually yeah. to their mistakes. Yeah, I, it's out. silly. Yeah, it's and here's the thing. Unfortunately, most of the stuff that he was selling, like strong border, blah, 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 all the stuff that kind of appealed to some people that were like, OK, finally, was a stuff the Obama administration and largely Clinton even and Bush, I guess, to some extent, had been working on for a long time, like comprehensive immigration reform that there's a bill 
that will lock the border down, create a, a visa program for migrant workers so they come and go, but they go back home. They don't stay for months and then have to work under the table for six months and then end up having to live here because trying to get back in would be a nightmare. So you just let them come and go like in El Paso. They just drive in, work, go home. That's what like Hillary was talking about when we need an open border. That's what she's talking about, about those migrant workers, not in general. Right. Those people, borders open, you come over, then you go back to Mexico where your house is. The, that thing, that bill would pass today and they're teeing it up. They're going to vote for it in the next two months. I think they're holding it to some degree to benefit them in the midterms. But they've been, it's been on the stack for a while. And if it, it's one of those things where just like the infrastructure bill could have passed during Trump. But he wouldn't he wouldn't put it up. You know why he wouldn't put it up? You know why he wouldn't put either one of those on the board? Because he he would get Democrats voting for it. And he had to look like a win win for himself the entire time. And it and that's and that's just absurd. He could. I mean, that that election was his to lose because all he had to do was go. COVID's going to suck. I'm the perfect guy to guide the economy back, batten down the hatches. It might be months, but I'm the guy. I'm a wartime disease president. And he could and people would have gone, OK, uh, like they did with George W. Bush, who was a complete moron. But we didn't change horses midstream because of Iraq, Afghanistan. Right. We've right. done the same thing. But to do that, he would have had to be a totally different person because he's been a screw up his whole life. All he does is screw up. He screwed up his dad's company. He the year he wrote Art of the Deal, he was he lost more money in New York real estate the year he wrote or had ghostwritten Art of the Deal. The Apprentice was on a fade. His run was to boost the the uh, the ratings again. His dad handed him that company. He borrowed fifty six million dollars from his brother and his sister's uh, nest egg from their trust fund that they got from their dad to keep the lights on at Trump at the Trump Organization. They're a branding company. They haven't built anything since nineteen ninety since his dad was alive. They don't build anything. They stopped. It's a <laughs> label. Hal, let me ask you this. Um, you're very that, upfront. I have no opinion. No, you're you're very upfront with the audience, and I appreciate that because yeah. I, I think that um what that allows that sets an expectation and it gets it mm -hmm. uh it because uh, a lot of the times I've encountered people in various forms of media, whether it be uh internet-based material or on the radio sure. or TV, people they it's the elephant in the room. It's the one thing that the world <laughs> right, is talking right. about and they don't talk about it. And I've always been like, well. Fuck it. I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I sure. want and they can yeah. pick up the pieces when it comes to that. Right. And I, and I think that right. that is starting right. to become uh, more and more of the norm because people can smell bullshit a mile away when someone's not talking about the important shit. Yes, I agree. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. But I do think that a lot of people mistake like hyper bullshitting for truth. Like 
what he's saying is so off like the reservation that it must be true because only a psychopath would make that up. That's what Trump skated on for a lot of times. And that's where everybody's in this anti-government paranoia about our own goddamn government right now. That's the sad thing because the, the Russians, I, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that the Soviet Union never really went away, that the 92 fallback was a rope-a-dope, and that's why Vladimir Putin, Putin was put in charge, because the idea is we can't fight him on the ground right now, so we got to pretend we're on the ropes for a couple of decades, and then we'll roundhouse them when they get soft. And that's, that's effectively what the plan has been doing. And all this nonsense about NATO's been expanding, it's like, yeah, notice the NATO starts expanding every time you snuff somebody in a German park or steal an old part of uh, the Soviet Union that broke away. No, this has been part of their strategy the whole time. The authoritarians of the world have been shit-talking democracy for decades, and we have fallen for it. We, oh. have, we have allowed ourselves to get sleepy about our respect for democracy and how dirty it is. And I like the argument. I think it's good. I think it's healthy when, we're, when we disagree. We're not a divided country at all. America's not divided. America is a democracy of people with a lot of big ideas. That, that's gonna sound like a clash in the same way, by the way, that people get, go to a comedy club and get offended because, they, because jokes are being told. And you're like, no, 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 this is a safe space for jokes. That's how this works. You don't go to a swingers party and start kicking dicks out of people's mouths because you don't <laughs> like sex. It's none of your business. You don't go to a metal show when there's a mosh pit and go, oh, my God, these people are fighting. You're like, no, no, no. We do this here so we don't fight. It's Got when it. you don't have the fight. It's when you don't have the argument. It's when you get too entrenched or people go, don't allow that person to speak at all that instead of jokes being thrown around and a, and a kind of jive back and forth debate going on, when you deny that, the tension gets ratcheted up so much that real fighting occurs. Um, let me ask you this, Hal, because um, we have a kind of a different scenario in that the belligerent in the Ukraine thing mm -hmm. can kill us all quickly. Does that, I mean, if, if, if Russia loves a nuclear weapon, the gloves are off, right? We are, we yeah. are going to well, be... You know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, there, there's, you know, tactical and ballistic nuclear weapons. And the and the ones that we concern ourselves with because we're way the fuck over here is the is is the ballistic ones, is uh um the ones that will come across the ocean. Tactical is much is, is smaller, and the fear is that they're gonna use these kind of things on Ukraine. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think there's a couple of reasons why not. One is the oligarchs themselves. Uh, and this is the same reason the CCP hasn't done it, because they would have done it a long time ago, too. Um, the true believers among them are very dangerous, but they're cushioned by the liberal economy around them that helped them flourish in the first place. So the oligarchs, this is where greed, interpersonal greed is saving us all to some degree, because these guys don't want their nests unfeathered in a nuclear blast right away. They don't want to, they, none of them have this illusion they'll be top of the pile. And the difference between sort of the madness of Putin and the madness of Hitler, for example, you know, which is, you know, similar, but there's a very distinct difference between these two guys in that Hitler viewed it a, a form of Germanic perfection as the goal overall. And so wiping out everyone else on earth except his own people had this kind of intrinsic value 
right? It was, you could have other people you could work with, but we're going to run the place forever. And if you die, you die. Russia, however, is not like Putin does not have that feeling about the Russian genetics. He does not feel that way. He's more of an authoritarian control person. What he would view as kind of Dr. Evil running the whole world with all the people in it. Well, you can't nuke that into shape. It's different than, than that, you know, the version. The, well, the person who's closer to that is actually Xi Jinping, who's a Han supremacist. He believes in the superiority of the Han Chinese people and that all the other Chinese people who are not Han descendants can die. And that's scary. That's why the Uyghur Muslim, that's why concentration camps happen there and not in Russia. Russia just puts down their political opponents to keep their control. Right. China is eliminating large swaths of human beings. They have much more in line with that. And both of them are scary for those for and have to be handled differently. So I'll tell you what, Hal. Yeah. You, Other than that, I have no opinion. Hell, you know your shit. I mean, it, mm -hmm. you you make you make me I'm, I, in a good way. You ma uh, you make me feel dumb as fuck. I mean, you <laughs> you. <laughs> well, do you, you here's the here's I have some good news. Uh, I like I'll, I'll I'll cheer you up a little bit. And this is this, this is sort of a, a, a China was supposed to outpace our our. Remember, China was going to eat our lunch. We've heard that phrase forever. China's going to, that became a hick, like a, a hack phrase. China's going to eat our lunch, right? We've right. heard that for a long time. Because they're so far advanced over what we're doing and, and they make computers and stuff. Well, first of all, they don't. Stuff is assembled in China. It's not made in China. That's why they chose made uh, because it sounds like they created it. Um, when it really is just assembled, stuff's put together. The chips that are used, for example, are made in Taiwan, South Korea, or in the United States. We have factories in Cupertino and in Arizona specifically that make chips, and then they get shipped over, and then they get slapped in in a clean room in a you know into a phone, a piece of glass from South South Korea gets slapped over top of it. Voila, iPhone, but it's not made in China, and all of the technology is from the United States. All the advances. All those uh, like new innovations are com come from the United States, specifically a chunk of California, but and Seattle. These are these are two major areas where the entire world's technological industry hinges. And if anything happened to them, the world would fall into a new dark age, and everybody knows it. So we are a bit safe because of that, in in and of itself. Now the problem is China's. The reason China was able to do this because they had a lot of people for a long time. They, they got a billion point three people, right? That's the we've always said. They're going to eat our lunch. They got all these people. Okay, first of all, um, it is cheaper to have an iPhone assembled in Mexico now than it is in China because of the cost of, of wages there. The other thing is they don't have nearly the number of people that they've been telling people they have. Um, they, they've been undercounting in their census by 150 million minimum in the 18 to 34 range during a time when they had a one-child policy. The, the, the thought was for a while that the demographic, demographic China was that they were going to lose half their people by 2100. They, uh -huh. that, that got moved up to 2050. They now think it's 2035. The population of China peaked eight years ago, and it's going to be cut in half in 15 years, half a billion people gone from Earth wow. in, in the next 15 years. And, and the same thing is true of Russia. The demographics of Russia look like 
Trump's penis that looks like a, a tiny mushroom. The, the base of it is empty. And one of the reasons why Russia is needing to do this, like gain this ground in Ukraine and kind of try to seize sure. this temporarily, is because in 10 years, they're going to have half the number of soldiers. Okay. They don't have 18-year-olds. You know who does? Us. The United States, Mexico, and, and Mexico specifically – Canada, to a lesser extent, I don't know why, but they, for, uh, according to Peter Zion, they forgot how to have sex in 1972. So they've been tapering as well. The demographics of the world, we've hit pop, uh, like uh, peak populace on Earth, and it's going down everywhere. And the only place that's going to have a consumer economy with any strength to it over the next 25 years is the United States of America. And you know who's, where we're going to move our factories to that we don't want to have in the United States, where most of them will be? Mexico. We're going to have a porous functioning relationship with Mexico because it'll have a young consumer-based factory working economy with a lot of, a lot of young workers. It's the only places on earth that are like that, that are growing like that. Hell, um, what do you, how do you find time to gather all of this information? I am, I'm, I'm really uh, intrigued with your vastness and the depth that you've been able to uh, Thanks. show. That's fucking great, Hal. Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, um, I, I'm always suspicious of narratives. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily glom onto that when, when, when there seems to be a, a, you know, a phrase about something that catches the zeitgeist and sticks, especially as big about something like, like I, I think I became suspicious when, that whole um, we need government so small we can drown it in a bathtub, that whole thing. Like we need small government like we have the biggest economy on Earth. America has a twenty nine trillion dollar economy. OK, the GDP, the twenty nine trillion, the biggest in the world by by a lot, like by factors of five. We also have the biggest military in the world. We have um, we are the the dominant currency. We are the reserve currency of the Earth. And you want a skeleton crew running that? Are you out of your mind? You know who wants that? You know who wants a skeleton crew government in the United States? Vladimir Putin. There you Xi go. Jinping, the Iranian mullahs, the Saudis. They do. You know why? Because you can roll over 10 guys, but rolling over 1,500 is really hard. And so that BS has been sold to the American people since the mid-90s by the Alex Joneses of the world and the Ralph Naders of the world at the same clip on both ends of this like bizarre spectrum. And they're all uniquely and incredibly full of shit. I'll go even further with this. America needs a big functioning government that pays attention because we have more freedoms than anybody else. And when you have more freedoms, you actually need more guideposts. Just like if you have more roads, you need more road signs. If you only got one road in town, do you even need a stop sign? No. <laughs> but if right. you got an interconnected highway system, you sure as shit do, right? That's because you got a lot of people doing a lot of things that a lot in a lot of different ways. And not all of them are illegal just because they're different from the main. So we that's why we have 10 different versions of murder. Where you know where they got a very simple version of murder? Iran. That's the thing. We come we should never fear complexity because we benefit from it. We exist because of complexity. Democracy is complexity. You know what the new world order is? An alliance of democracies. That's what it is. 
It's been, I mean, when have you heard the new world order spoken of in decent terms ever in your life? It's always been a spooky word to scare the world. You know what it is? It's the opposite of the old world order. Ask yourself what the old, what was the old world order? Think about it for a second. Theocracies, monarchies, and dictatorships murdering cannon fodder on a weekly basis. Serfdom. That's what the old world order was. The new world order is you got a democracy. We got a democracy. We may be different, but we agree that our people should be able to pick their leaders, right? Okay. In, our, in picking our leaders, we have agreements and disagreements between countries. We ought to line these things up because some of us share a border. Some of us don't. It's adulthood. Hal, this is all um, fantastic. I, I, it has I can't, nothing to do I with my stand-up, by the I way. Can't, I was going <laughs> to say. That I can only now watch. Uh, I, I that this is probably uh, harder for you to do than your standup. Okay, that mm. you you probably go to do your standup to relax because this seems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is you know my my dad's an architect, my mom's a nurse, and both of them infused in me a love of reading my whole life, and so and and a and a and a brutal awareness that people can be full of shit, and so. That And if comedy is anything, it's a bullshit detector, you know, but in a nice way, anybody can scream bullshit. Anybody can just point at something and say bullshit, but you won't necessarily convince somebody who believes the bullshit if you're just yelling at them. And that's social, like highly complex human systems work that way. If there's a bunch of people, we're all going down a road and that's life. And we're all on the road of life. And a bunch of people get caught in a cul-de-sac of nutty, stupid ideas. If you go yell at them, you're in a cul-de-sac, you morons. Get out of the cul-de-sac. Get on the road with the rest of us. They're going to go, fuck you. This isn't a cul-de-sac. This is where we live. This is the truth. You guys are going to a road to your doom. And they'll, you know what I mean? And they'll fight with you. But if you stand there, you go, we all get caught in cul-de-sacs sometimes. I've been caught in a cul-de-sac. Gary was in a cul-de-sac for years. If you want to see it, there's like nine cul-de-sacs, trust me, down the road. If you want to take a peek at some of them. But if you guys want to come on out, yeah, come on. No, trust me. You're going to get a lot more of those people back on the road of life that way. And that's what comedy is for, the recognition that we can all fall for it. We can all be baited. We can okay. all get a fish hook in our cheek. And the minute you think you can't, that's when the, that's when the problems arise. Hal, I want to touch on one more thing. Um, and of sure. course, I want everybody else to uh, to go check you out. You're in West Michigan from tonight, which is Wednesday. We're recording all the way till Saturday. And uh, yeah. fullhousecomedy.com. You can get the tickets right there. Go see Hal Sparks. And uh, and off you go. But um, are you familiar with who are these podcasts? Who are? Uh, no. Okay. That's a show I listen to, which features a lot of stuttering John moments. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And they, uh, they, they parked on a potential problem. Is there a rift between you and John? Uh, no. Okay. They, they, no, we were going to, we were going we to do some live shows and we had to reschedule them or something. And, and, uh, I think that's where people got that idea, but no. Okay. Okay. Uh, that they, they I, talked about it. They, they featured it. They said, is there something going on between Hal and John? Uh, they, they like to park on a lot of the things John says and make fun of them. And, okay. uh, and roast them. I see. Gotcha. So they, they're really just looking for an in for another way to attack stuttering John. Correct. Correct. Okay. That, well, then that would be one of those situations like I've been talking about, which should draw your attention to the essential flaw in the argument being made because it is a targeted uh, myopic argument meant to score certain points I in see. a narrow field. So anything done under that guys under that theme 
should be seen as only that thing. They don't, then it does, it means they don't mean well. It doesn't, there's no good there. There's no upside to this. It's not like they were concerned because we want to heal things. We think people in the podcasting world get a lot like, no, they're just, they have a bone to pick with an individual and that's what they're going after, which um, in my world is what I would uh, fundamentally call a waste of time. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any idea how many things there are to learn and know about and experience and be aware of that ain't that fair enough. Fair enough. It's, that's a, by the way, that in answer to your question, that is precisely why I know all the shit I do because I would never get caught up in the soap opera aspect of like my, my, you know, my shows on YouTube, I infotainmentwars.com is where people go. If they want to watch the live stream that I do. And occasionally I will see in the clips that I review and what I'm talking about, because I talk about politics a lot, uh, that I will see like infighting between YouTubers, right? They'll get, there's this weird catch between certain people from like, uh, you know, the, the young Turks and, and actual justice warrior and Fosh and all these people who are their own, they have their own little kingdoms, right? All over the internet that honest to God, I don't give a rat's ass about. <laughs> I'm more of a topics guy. And when they start interfighting, I'm like, oh, they've run out of things to say. That's right. what's, that's that's what happens when you can no longer back your own argument and you can't refute theirs or you guys don't actually argue right now. You're not differing on anything, but you can't be allowed to agree. Oh, dear God, if you ever agreed on something, the world would collapse. So you got it's, it becomes personal. So, yeah, I don't I don't care. Hal uh, at, at halsparks.com, H-A-L sparks, S-P-A-R-K-S.com. You can uh, see Hal's Patreon, links to all of his spots that he talked about. He talked about the infotainment. There's links to all this stuff, all at halsparks.com. Hal, is there anything else? Uh, I don't want to miss anything. Is that uh, yeah. we've, we've, we've touched a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just want people to know that, um, uh, and I know this will upset people, but the world is not going to end. I know people are counting on it. There's a lot of people, rapture ready folks out there probably listen to you. The world's not going to end. It's going to keep rolling along. You're going to have to keep more making more decisions about your diet and exercise and what job you're going to take and whether you're going to quit and what kind of relationship you're in. All that shit's never going to end until you do. It's not going to end before. Uh, don't count on it being tapped out by a, a nuclear bomb or a deity. You've got like, you have a lot of complex life ahead of you. I'm sorry to tell you this. I know everybody's like, man, if I could just live in a bunker eating, you know, baked beans for the next 10 years, it'd be so much simpler. It's not going to happen. Sorry. It's, if you, it's going to be, yeah. I'm sorry. If you had to choose between Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump as the president of the United States, who would you want to be in the White House? Oh, I mean, DeSantis. I mean, uh, because he's actually got some governing experience as much as he sucks. He, he knows he knows what his failures are. Um, and Trump, beyond even his last term was his last term. He's not running again. He's a mess. He's it's this. He's on a hard fate. This is not even about whether or not he was a good executive or whether you liked what he did or not. But he, if everything he says about Biden being sleepy, Joe, and not being able to talk is true of Trump. I've covered every rally of his since lockdown. I've done I've live streamed them and done commentary on all of them. And I've watched the decay happen in real time. And losing the election was for a man his age 
and with his ego physically damaging. It might as well have been a CTE hit in a football game. He has lost massive amounts of steps. He's a wreck. He speaks gibberish um, on a scale. I mean, you've seen action replays of magnified fortune and the, the, the last rally where he just kind of went, he lost track of the thing and somebody had to yell and he's like, kind of got embarrassed because I lost track of where I was. Meanwhile, you know, he's like, sleepy Joe. <laughs> like he f- flubs a word in a teleprompter, you know, every so often. And it's not a big deal. He gets right back on track. He doesn't try to insist that the word he messed up is really the word he meant. Sure. Like that's that I'm fine with that. And the same thing with DeSantis, like he's a, I don't like his policies, but if the majority of people in this country pick him as the president, you know, because of a policy difference, that's up to me to convince people on my side of the aisle of a better way of getting our policies met, our policy needs met, as opposed to just somebody running on jingoistic, xenophobic psychosis and going, I just like the way he talks. He talks just like me. You know, that's what's great. Sure, he sure. says the same thing I do. Like, that's not enough. So DeSantis, obviously, I mean, okay. as a, you know, as a governor who's done some stuff. So, yeah. Hell, I wouldn't uh, vote for him. He's a terrible human being. And he's sure. Chewing. Absolutely. Crap absolutely. Crap. And by the way, there's tons of other Republican governors that aren't even getting it. will never get a shot right. at running because that's the choices the Republican Party is making right now. Really? That's the fallback guy. That is not Kasich. Not anybody else who's, you know, who stood for the party before. Nah, just yep. either Trump or the dude from Florida because he can guarantee us a, a state, right? We're that, we're Jeb Bushing it now. Right. Yeah. Seems like it. That's, yep. It's all bad haircuts. Everybody who comes from Florida has a bad haircut. I don't know what it is. I agree. Republican politics. It's that, I definitely thing. agree with that. Yeah. Hell, I, I tell you what, uh, I really yeah. appreciate the time. You're going to have a great yeah. time here in West Michigan. I'm so glad that you're in town and I want everybody to go see you. Okay. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the frankness. It's a good time. Indeed, buddy. The pleasure was yeah. all mine. Thank you, Hal. Yeah. Cheers. Bye-bye.